This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. For those that were here last week, we kicked off Impact Church 2.0, and one of the things that we talked about was uh, some of the different changes we wanted to make to our discipleship process at the church. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to flesh out a little bit our growth track and our small groups in particular, and then Scott's going to come next Sunday, and he's actually going to talk not just about Activate, but also some of the, the philosophy or the principles and the, the values behind Activate and what it can do in your life. And so uh, I'm excited about that. But for those that missed last week, our growth track simply looks like this. You can throw it up on the screen there. There it is. Launch is our first step. It's a small group. Everyone comes to it. Amen? Unless you've finished 101 and 201, then you don't have to worry about it. If you've already done that, you're grandfathered in. You don't have to wear the hockey helmet. You know what I'm saying? Remember that? When there was a couple of hockey players still left without wearing a hockey helmet, and we're all like, what in the world is he doing? All right. Um, but the second level of that, or what we're calling next step, is literally our small groups. It is our new small group system that's going to uh, start with a small launch or a soft launch in the end of March, and then it's going to be followed up by a full-on launch in September. So we are excited about that. Um, and literally, there's three major kind of, if you can call it, categories or themes of our small groups. One is going to fall into the category of freedom. Why is it important? Because we know that Christ desires that he would set us free from everything that would entangle us, hold us back, uh, trip us up, you name it, that's what God wants to do. We have freedom in Christ. Amen? The second category is community. How many know that there's a, there's a reference to the church in New Testament called uh, that literally talks about us being the body of Christ? How many know that the body of Christ is a significant, significant symbol of who we are? And I'm so grateful we're all connected to the head, which is Jesus. Right. It would be awful if there's a church without the head. It would be the headless horseman church. It's not good. But because we're connected to Christ, the head of the church, we can experience growth in the body. And what I love about the scriptures, especially Ephesians chapter 4 and, and Ephesians chapter 2 and Colossians chapter 1 and 2, it talks about life flow happening because of the connection we have to one another. So we are of the firm belief that, that growth happens best in community. All two of you agreed with that one. That was awesome. And then the third category is what we're just calling mission. Why? Because it can be anything where you're on mission. Now, Activate, as an example that Scott's going to talk about next week, is a great example of a small group that fits under this uh, mission category. So um, I want to just talk about some basic thoughts behind them got it recorded here this morning so that you can go back and listen to it, but what we want to basically do today is just to kind of lay the foundation and some of the nuts and bolts of the small group structure and system so that we fully understand it coming into September. Now, what you're going to hear us do over the next eight months is we're going to talk about it again, and then we're going to talk about it again, and then we're going to talk about it again. It's going to be like my father's old record player that kept stopping and repeating on the same line over and over and over and over again. And then it was like, if I hear the Muppet Christmas Carol doing the 12 days of Christmas one more time, I am going to lose my marbles because we never seem to get past five gold rings. How many have the old record? We had the LP and the 45. Come on, can I get a witness in the house? 
How many had eight tracks? How many still have the eight track player? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. We don't talk about smartphones. No. No, there's too many smartphones for dumb people, but it's all good. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, all right. So here it is. I'm going to just let you guys have it here. I got about seven or eight key thoughts, and we're going to land on them quick. Number one, it's a semestered system, and it obviously kind of bears the question why. Well, first thing is this. Semestered system keeps, keeps things fresh and energized. You got new things coming down the tube all the time. And sometimes what we found is we kind of, with the old system, it was good. We were actually very happy with it. It produced a lot of very, very good things. But one of the things that I think we, we saw lacking was is we, we kind of fell into the trap, if I can say it like this, of being too cookie cutter when it came to our small group ministry. That wasn't a bad thing. It was very intentional because we wanted to develop foundations and grow connections, and all of those things are important. But what we also found was that semester systems makes it much easier for new leaders to give it a try. How many know there's a big difference between committing to eight weeks or ten weeks versus ten months? Boom, 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 boom. Do you know what I mean? Big difference. Because sometimes you'll have things that are going on in the fall that you don't have going on in your personal life in the winter. And so you can commit to something in the winter. You can't commit to something in the fall, right? Or vice versa. The system, uh, the semester system also allows for a variety of different types of groups, which is what we are really tracking with. And part of the reason for that, why we're tracking that way, is because we want to activate you and the things that God's got on your life. Okay. We good? All right, keep going. All righty, ready, ready. So here's our three semesters. We're going to be running them, a fall semester, September to December, and it's on the screen behind me, a winter semester, January to April, and a summer or spring semester, however you want to look at it, from May to July. There's obviously going to be less small groups being offered in the summer semester, but one thing that's actually consistently been coming back to us over the last couple of years is a desire to do something over the summer. And so what we're doing is we're giving people an opportunity. For those that don't want to, you don't have to. You can be golfing with me on a golf course anywhere in Kingston for, the, for that month. If that's what you want to do, I can teach you how not to golf. Anyhow, it's all good. Yes. Uh, the third one is this. third thought is this. Groups will vary in how often they meet and what time they meet. They can be anytime, any place, anywhere in this area. So I'm going to give you an example. We've typically done either like a weekend, like a Sunday night, or we've done a weeknight. But there are people that are currently, as we know, my mom's special and all these ladies' special group on Friday. Well, why is that not a small group? Friday morning, that's a small group. Really? It's already happening, so we just make it a small group. But in other words, we're not limited to time. If there's a group of people that want to get together at 7 a.m. and pray before they go to work, that can be an amazing accountability small group where you're joining together at 7 a.m. for 45 minutes to pray together before you head off to work and have to deal with the mess of work, right? You know what I'm saying? So it can vary that way. Fourth thing is this. The ideas or vision for the small groups will come primarily from the one who's applying to lead the small group. Now, there's times where we may, as leaders or pastoral team members, kind of make some suggestions for people in conversation based upon things that they're tracking with and based upon things that we're tracking with. And we may say, hey, you would do great at that. Why don't you give it a try? So that may happen. But primarily, the ideas of the vision for the group will come from the one who's applying to lead the group. So um, there's a couple reasons why there's going to be some pastoral input to this at times. 
First thing is this, because we don't want five of the same group. So if everyone comes to me and says, I want to do crazy love by Francis Chan, and the next one says, I want to do crazy love by Francis Chan, and the next one says, I want to do crazy love from Francis Chan, and the next one says, I want to do crazy love from Francis I'm going to say, you're all crazy. So how about we have the four of you lead it together and do one? Right? So that may be where we would step in and, and give some input. The next thing as to why we would potentially step in and give input is because we want to make sure that every group that's going on is theologically aligned. If not, we create confusion, right? And so we're going to make sure that there's a theological alignment happening, not just to the theology of good, sound doctrine and theology, which is, it just sounds so amazing when you say the word doctrine. Doesn't it just get you excited? Like, I wake up in the morning, I go, doctrine, oh, that's awesome. What is it? I don't know, I don't know. But it's, it's about the study of God. And so we want to make sure that we are studying things that are in alignment with what we're doing, okay? We also want it to make sure that it's in alignment with the vision, the mission, and the values of the church. I think that makes sense. All right. But here's another thought that I want to just throw out there because we want to kind of develop this over the next number of months. What we also don't necessarily want to see happening is a ministry through a small group that is actually repeating what a ministry in the church is currently doing. Does that make sense? Are we good? So if you want to go, you know, tap into the things of the Spirit of God and go evangelize and go pray for the sick, why would we have a small group doing that when there's already a small group doing that called Activate, right? And so what we're going to do is where there is some kind of overlap, we're going to make sure that we default back to the groups that we are already running. Does that make sense? Okay, good. Next thought, the types of groups can be as diverse as they come. But what is unique about what we're going to do is there's a lot of groups out there in churches right now where they do pretty much anything, but there's, they actually give so much leeway that there isn't a spiritual focus. One of the things that we have determined is we want every group, no matter what type of group it is, to have some type of spiritual focus. That could be a short devotional that is read. That can be prayer time. That can be, it can be anything, really. But what we want to do is make sure that every group, no matter what type of group it is, even if it's more of a social group, we want there to be at some point a component of spiritual life connected to it. Does that make sense? So some people have already come to me and said, so what can it be? Well, it can be anything. How many love to cook? How many love to eat what's been cooked? Come on now, can I get away? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I felt it right there. There was the anointing of God on that statement. I felt it. Um, but there's people in this church that love to cook. Why don't you guys create a small group where you can have a cooking night and eat together, maybe take communion together and pray for one another. I've already heard some ideas about people that want to do international foods. Go for it. I will make sure I will be the taste tester. I will be at your house. So they can be, they can be curriculum-based. They can be Bible study-based. It can be based on a book, like a great book. For example, Francis Chance, Crazy Love. It can be John and Lisa Bevere curriculum. It can be a Bible study. It can be a whole bunch of things. You can even decide that, hey, I love the way the Connect groups ran, talking about the sermon from Sunday. And if that's what you want to do, go for it. That doesn't mean we're not going to do that. It means if, if that's something that you want to do and start a group to do that, you can do that. Okay? It can be an activity. It could be a guitar club. Uh, that was for you, Ryan. It can, be, uh, it can be bike riding. It can be 
anything. It could be going for walks in the morning. It could be, it can be a whole bunch of different things, all right? It can be a social connection. It can be like my mom and all the ladies that meet on Friday. I don't know what time you guys meet. Is it 9 a.m. or 10 a.m.? Yeah, 9 a.m. on Friday morning, and they just have an amazing time of connecting and celebrating Jesus and encouraging one another and, and I'm sure eating some food, I'm sure, and tea and coffee. But, you know, that can be a great social connection group. It's awesome. It can also be a discipleship-type group based on the sermon, as I just said, or even an accountability group. This seems to be a, a common theme, especially with men right now, is we're like, we, we need to get a group of five or six guys together and just pray for one another, encourage each other, and hold each other accountable to where we're going on. Well, part of why we're adjusting everything is we want to give room and space for that to happen. How many know that everyone functions and flows in uniquely different ways? Some of us more unique than others, if I know what I'm saying. Okay, moving right along. Number five, uh, thought number five here is the number of groups each semester will vary according to those that have applied and have been approved. But I will say this, that launch will be offered every, every semester and activate will be offered pretty much every semester. So it will be there. Um, some people have already asked me, what about childcare? Great question. For launch, we will make sure that childcare is provided for launch every single time. Launch will always have childcare. The other groups... We are going to be very creative because the reality is, is we just cannot provide child care for every single group. It's impossible. And, and we cannot kind of financially take care of it. We can't. So what we want to do is to have you guys help us in the creativity of that journey. So your ideas and your thoughts are very welcome. If you can come up with some thoughts and ideas around that, if there's some creativity, even around taking some turns on different things, we would be open to that. But what we want you to know is that we guarantee that launch We'll have child care provided from the church every single time. Okay, we're good. So, number six, there's an application process. Why is this important? So, I'm going to tell you some of the thoughts that have come back to me this week. And I'm going to say this, 99% of them have been like, what? But there's been a couple of people like, well, if you just let people do whatever, does that mean that there's going to be like a free-for-all and it's going to be chaos? And how will you know that, that people who are leading are, are trustworthy? And how can we maintain a safe place here? Aha, thank you for the question. I will give you a great answer. First of all, I want to assure you, those that are in this place this morning that may be thinking that way, that we would never, ever, oh, hold on, Jesus, yeah, what was that? Yeah, you want me to hammer home that part? Okay, I will do that. Awesome, right? Okay, thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. He was just reminding me to talk about the application process, make sure not to miss any details, so that's awesome. Um, but the application process is a process that we are going to literally develop some different things into that application process to make sure that those groups are being led by people that are not going to do harm to you. Because I cannot live with myself if that happened, okay? So I, would, I just want you to know that just because we're opening the vault for freedom with regards to diversity of groups does not mean that we're going to just ignore some of the other things that has become a staple for this house. One of the things that we have talked about for a long time, 11 and a half years to be exact, is that this for some reason is a church of healing. I have no idea why that is. I, I don't have a deep answer for it. But it just seems to keep happening. And so because of that, we are going to do everything we can to make sure that this is a safe place. We good? Okay, so what are we going to do? Well, first of all, there's an application form. There's going to be a sign-off in that application form on our statements of faith and our vision, mission, and values. So if you're not tracking with what we believe, I'm telling you right now, you're probably not going to be leading a group. 
okay? Throw things at me if you want, but what we want to make sure is that there's traction theologically. We don't want confusion in this church, okay? Amen. That was a good point. Thanks, Pastor. All right, Omen. Um, there's going to be an interview, and we are developing questions to interview people. Some of them are very basic and very, lo- like, just logistics. Like, when's you're going to, what night you're going to meet, how many people can you host in that home, you know, what curriculum are you using. There's going to be checkoffs for curriculum and all of those kind of things. But at the end of the day, we're creating some questions in that interview process to make sure that first and foremost, that you are doing okay. We want healthy leaders leading healthy groups, groups. Amen? Healthy groups cannot help in with unhealthy leaders. You can fake it till you make it, but it just won't work. Because if you are unhealthy on the inside, what I want you to do is to have the courage to join groups, get healthy, and then, and then apply. Does that make sense? Okay. So, kind of along this same process is one of the things that we've done in the past is we've actually required that you have to be a church member to be a small group leader. We are not doing that anymore. Um, You don't have to be a church member or what we call in the past covenant partner to lead a group, okay? We know that there's different scenarios and situations that would hinder certain people, and we didn't want that to happen because we know some of the reasons behind that. Um, But we did not want that to happen. But what we are doing is we are quantifying what type of potential leader by describing them as engaged people at church. So they're not getting down on one knee and proposing. That's not what I'm talking about. They're also not Captain Jean-Luc Picard's, uh, Picard saying to number one, engage. They, we're not doing that. That's not what I'm talking about. I just want to, you know, because I know there's different people and they hear the certain words. They're like, oh, yeah, Star Trek's in the message, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm not talking about that. But what I'm talking about is what we see as engagement in the church at three different levels. The first one is what we're calling grow. In other words, there is an active desire, intention, and process in people's lives to see them grow in Christ. Engaged in their word. Engaged in prayer. Engaged in worship. We're looking for people who are growing in Christ. And some people say, well, that's kind of hard to to figure out. It's actually not as hard as you think. Okay? Second thing is this. We want to see people who are leading a small group gathering at impact regularly. We have a massive problem in our culture today called commitment. I don't know if you've heard it. (laughs) It's been just kind of out in the airwaves for the last, oh, about 10 years. And what we're seeing is we're seeing people that are showing up once every six, seven, eight weeks, nine weeks, 12 weeks, and that's okay. I, I'm glad you're coming whenever you are coming, and we want to bless you whenever we're here. But what I want you to understand is that that's, those are situations that we're not going to look for people to be leading a small group when the engagement in the church is not there. And I'm going to tell you why. The more you're around church, the more you get to know the heart of this church. You get to know the heart of this house. And what we want in our small groups is the heart of this house on display. Right? Does that sound good? Third one is this. Here's the ouch. We expect people that are engaged in the church to give back to the church in some capacity. And so we see that in really two basic things. We see that financially, yes, but we also see that as those that are being a part of a surf team on Sunday mornings. So... If you're not currently serving on a serve team, I had someone ask me the other day, oh, can I get one of those shirts? 
Sure, you get it for free when you're on one of the serve teams. Yeah, okay. That was the greatest pastoral plug for free merchandise I have ever seen in my life. Did you get that on camera? Come on, Scott. Oh, my goodness. I, that was a camera moment. Come on. I wanted, that was, I was going to put that on my Facebook page. Anyhow. But to us, I want you to hear my heart here because this can be misinterpreted and interpreted the wrong way because I've had people interp- misinterpret this the wrong way. We have a very simple thought. Are you ready for this? He who is greatest in the kingdom of God is he who lets everyone else do it. No, it says he who is the greatest in the kingdom of God is he who serves. Jesus himself said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. So the heartbeat of this house is service. So, that means if you want to lead a group in September, Carla, can you stand up for a second? I want you to look at these amazing new Impact Kids shirts. Aren't they awesome? Those are awesome. If you're not serving, talk to her after service. I'm sure she can find you a place. There are definite needs in this house, even right now. We have needs in pretty much every area. And so what I want you to know is, if you've been here, if you just came today, have fun, enjoy, relax, get blessed, and enjoy the church. If you've been here at least nine months, a year, more, it's time to get in the game. How do I say that nicely? I don't know. It's time to get in the game. All right. Amen. Okay. Last, I want to end with some core thoughts, and I want those that are serving communion today, if you guys can come up and just get ready over here, I'm going to just end with a couple of thoughts that we're going to take communion together, we're going to celebrate Jesus, and then we're all going to come back tonight for 6 o'clock and experience the presence of the Holy Spirit like never before. I am anticipating great things tonight. I've been feeling the heebie-jeebies about tonight since I woke up. So that usually means it's going to be really, really good. Okay. So three uh, core thoughts to kind of wrap this whole small group thought up. First thing is this. We have to balance out or manage the tension between freedom and accountability. We recognize that. As I was doing some research on small groups, one of the churches that we actually connected to is a church in Grimsby, Ontario, the metropolis of Grimsby. Um, And uh, Matt Tapley, I don't know if you guys have heard of Matt Tapley, but Matt Tapley has a happening church in Grimsby, about 1,500 people. Uh, It's called Lake Mount Worship Center, and they made the adjustment to, not necessarily exactly this style of small groups, but a sort of similar approach. And I said, Matt, if you could give me advice for the last three years that you've switched, just give me your advice on if there's one core thought you could leave with me, what is it? He said, high freedom comes high accountability. You can't have high freedom and no accountability. So high freedom means high accountability. That means we're going to talk to you. Something comes up, we're going to process it through, but we're also going to support. You have to understand it's not just for the safety aspect, it's also in the coaching aspect that we want to come alongside and coach you. We want to help you. We want to be a support. We want to be that phone call at 9.30 at night when you had a very tough night. You know what I'm saying? And all you need is for us to cheerlead you on and pray for you. But we also want to be there with you when you call at 9.30 at night, and it was the most incredible, God-amazing night of your life, and we get to just be on the other end going, yay, yeah, God's awesome, yay. 
but we believe in high freedom, but also high accountability. We believe in coaching. And again, what I want to just hammer home is we believe in opportunity, but with that must come commitment. Mm -hmm. If we don't see commitment, then the opportunity cannot be there. It's not because we're trying to be mean. It's not because we're trying to, you know, steal your thunder or steal your joy. What we're trying to do is to consistently create a safe place where people can come, grow, gather, connect, learn, pray, cheerlead, cry with one another. That's what we want to see happen. We want to see the body of Christ operate in the body of Christ like never before. But it means we're going to journey this thing together. Amen? Amen. Does that sound good? Here's what I want us to do. If you can close your eyes this morning just for a second. There's an incredible description. 1 Corinthians 12 and in Romans 12 and just different discussions about the body of Christ. And it talks about each part playing a very specific role. It talks about the foot can't be the hand and the hand can't be the foot. It talks about finding your place, finding your sweet spot in that sense. And here's what I want you to do. Because communion, yes, is directed towards God for sure. Yes, it's directed towards each other. It's a communal thing for sure. But what we're celebrating is resurrection life. (laughs) And this is completely different than I would normally do, but I do believe it's from the Lord. I believe that there are people in this place this morning that have dreams that have absolutely died. Journal books where you've written about things that have absolutely died in your mind. You've given up hope on those things. And when Jesus was looking at his disciples 2,000 years ago, he saw, I'm sure, the, the, the insecurity in their eyes and the fear in their eyes. And he saw, what in the world can we do without you, Jesus? How in the world can we do what you've called us to do and to be this amazing New Testament church, but you're not with us? And what I love is he didn't leave them alone. He said, I'm sending the helper to you. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. Sometimes in God's equation in life, sometimes things have to die. Sometimes dreams and visions have to die. In order for the Holy Spirit to resurrect it to what God always wanted, not necessarily what you always wanted. And I feel like in this season, God is going to resurrect dreams. He's going to resurrect visions. And so I have a very simple question for you, and I blogged about it on Friday. But here's the question I have for you this morning. As you've closed your eyes and no one's looking around, And it's very specific I did this. But here's the question. What do you see? And the quick answer is not the back of your eyelids because that's not what we're talking about. But in your spirit this morning, what do you see? What are the things that God 
is going to resurrect in your life this year? What is he asking you to do? What is he asking you to lay down? Because remember, resurrection always comes after death. Some of you this morning feel like you've just been beat up and you feel like you're without hope and you don't have anything left. So maybe it's just God resurrecting your physical body, your energy levels, all of those things. It's a simple question this morning. What do you see? I want to tell you what I think Jesus saw that night when he took bread and he took the wine and he had communion or the Lord's Supper with his followers that night in that upper room. I think he looked at Peter and saw the guy that he had to rebuke and say, get behind me, Satan. And he saw Peter giving the most incredible message that has ever been preached that saw 3,000 people come to Christ in one day. But Peter didn't see that. But Jesus did. He looked at Thomas and thought, well, everyone at this table knows that you just doubt everything. But he looked at Thomas and he saw a man that would courageously stand for the gospel no matter what would happen to his physical body and who became a martyr for Christ in the gospel. That's not what everyone else saw. What do you see this morning? God, I pray this morning that you would help every single person in this room to see, not through their natural eyes, but to see through the eyes of faith. To see through your eyes this morning. To not see the struggles and the limitations and the lids that we place on upon ourselves. But Lord, to see what is possible when we trust you and we are activated and powered by the Holy Spirit to do your will. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.